Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hey, just before we get started, this is a Conspiracy, Paranormal, and True Crime podcast. The nature of this podcast is gory, unsettling, and definitely vulgar. And we curse a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So be advised. We're just two idiots with a mic. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And I'm Tanya. And I'm Beth Ann. And our moms are so with us here for this creepy account volume, what, nine? I, it might be ten. I don't know. Oh, who knows? But happy May. Happy Mother's Day it's to all the mamas May. out there. Yeah, it's happy Mother's Day. May. Just for you guys, uh, we got our moms on here to tell some stories with us. And if you haven't listened already, we just posted a Mother's Day Q&A where you get to Get to know our mamas. Get to know the ladies that raised these ladies. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, go check that out. Um, and I guess we're ready to hit you guys with it. All right, ladies. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. All right, guys. So the first story we have today is written in from Stacy using she, her pronouns. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. And it starts off by saying, my mom, my sister, my niece, my two daughters, and I lived in a little house on the west end of Decatur, Illinois. We were all struggling financially, so it worked out until we were able to get ourselves back on our feet. My niece, Brenna, I think that's how it is, um, was two or three years old, and this story starts with her. It's Christmas Eve 2005 and we were sat in the living room while she was playing with her toys when she started to giggle. We asked her what she was giggling about and she pointed to the front window that had curtains hung and she said, Johnny says peekaboo. We said, Johnny, we don't know anybody by the name of Johnny. She said, he's right there while pointing at the curtains. Nope, immediately not. No. There were a lot of encounters that happened while we lived together, and Brenna played with and spoke about Johnny often. We thought he was her imaginary friend for a long time. What have we learned about imaginary friends? Right. They're ghosts, guys. Um, we would load up in the car and ask, is Johnny loaded up too, Brenna? And she would answer whether or not he stayed at home or was coming with us, and it was all just in good fun, right? My mom would yell at us about not turning off the lights in the bathroom, although we always turned them off when we walked out, but yet it was always on. One day, my mom and I were on the couch when we watched my bedroom light turn on. Nope. No one was in the room. One night, I was lying in bed about to go to sleep. 
My bedroom was pitch black, except for a light that was coming from the hallway. Suddenly, a dang baby toy went off in my room. It was a little caterpillar toy that you physically had to bend to make noise. Oh, no. Then I tried to move, and I couldn't. I saw a blurriness in front of my face, like something was right in front of me, and my body felt like it was being held down. Once I could move, I ran so fast to jump into bed with my mom. I was terrified and crying. There was another evening that I was at I was left at home alone and decided to catch up on my laundry. I loaded up the dryer, turned to walk away, and then my dryer door flung open and my clothes fell onto the floor. I ran into the living room and one of the kids' baby toys that had a dead battery started lighting up and making noise. It was one of those that you had to physically push a button to activate the different sounds and lights. I freaked out and yelled, Johnny, you're scaring me. Please stop. And that was the end for a little while. We kept that house in the family and kind of switched around who lived there. Around 2007, my mom had a boyfriend that she decided to go live with and my sister had moved out too. So I moved out of my apartment and moved back into the house. I got a roommate, so I didn't have to live there alone with my kids. At the time, I was dating my now fiancé, Jason. I feel I should note that Jason was a law enforcement officer at the time, and he had taken many psych evaluations and all that stuff, so he wasn't crazy. (laughs) Well, good to know, right? (laughs) Um, One night, Jason was over and watching a movie with his dog, and the living room lights were on, and we were just sitting there eating pizza. His dog perked up a bit, but I didn't see or hear anything, so I didn't think anything of it. Jason suddenly says, I have to go home. I'll call you when I get home. I was confused, but assumed that he just needed to poop or something. Mm -hmm. So I hugged him goodbye and he left. Feel that. (laughs) Yeah, right. He called me when he got home and told me to sit down and go to my bedroom. I decided to take the back bedroom when I moved back in because it was way bigger and it was an add-on to the house. So I didn't know why, but that just made me feel safer. Jason tells me not to freak out, but... He had seen an apparition of a young boy around the age of seven or eight morph through the front door. It turned and faced him with half of his face deformed like he had been in a fire or something. What? He told me that he was wearing olden day clothes that had and had a haircut that moms would literally put a bowl on top of the kid's head and cut around it. Bowl cut. (laughs) Yeah. He said that the boy reached out his hand and did a choking motion towards him as if he was threatening Jason that he was going to choke him or something. Okay, Jason, thanks for fucking leaving her. Right? Right? That's what I was thinking. Jason, I thought you worked in law enforcement. Take her with you. (laughs) Shortly after this, my mom broke up with her boyfriend and she moved back in, reclaiming that back bedroom. So I had to move back to my old bedroom. Uh, Jason finally started coming back over and he decided to spend the night. And he told me the next morning that he wasn't able to sleep at all. He explained that when he had started to drift back to sleep or off to sleep, Johnny would smack him and wake him up and then was running back and forth around the bed. Time went on and I moved out again. My mom had a new boyfriend. I don't know what the exact year was, but I'm probably guessing around 2010 and 2011-ish. I woke up to my mom, a phone call from my mom asking if I had been at her house overnight. I said no because I hadn't. She said, are you and your sister playing a prank trying to scare us? I said no because we weren't. Why? What's going on? I asked her. She said that her and her boyfriend, her now husband, woke up and was and on the kitchen table. All of the kitchen table decor was on the floor. Oh, shit. It was a candle arrangement. 
a plate with three or four candles surrounded by some rocks, but it wasn't knocked over. The rocks and candles were placed perfectly on the floor, still arranged how they were, but the plate was still on the table. I have no idea how to explain that other than it was Johnny. Johnny, dirty Johnny. (laughs) Mom ended up listing the house for sale and one girl came and looked at it and she said, it's haunted, isn't it? (laughs) And she said she could sense it. Anyways, my cousin ended up buying it and we asked him many times if he ever experienced anything weird. And he said he hadn't. The odd thing about this house was that it wasn't some old historical house. It was built in 1956. Jason's description of Johnny and how he dressed would have been would have to be from a long time before the house was ever built. So I did tons of research trying to find anything I could about a young boy named Johnny dying in the area, but I never found anything. All I know is it wasn't the house that was haunted. Now, here's where I got that reassurance. I moved to a town about two hours away and I didn't know a lot of people, but then I met this girl at work named Brittany. She ended up going through a nasty breakup and needed a place to stay, so she moved in with me. That weekend, we had a couple of friends over for a fire in the backyard, and she got to talking and shared that she was a psychic medium. She looked right at me and said, you have a spirit that is with you. Time had passed, so I figured she meant like a grandparent or something, until she said, it's a young boy and he thinks of you as family. He's wearing olden day clothes and has a bull haircut and there's something wrong with his face. Johnny. Johnny, you motherfucker. Johnny's there. (laughs) All right, Stacey, thank you so much for sending that in. Okay, the next one we have is from Riley, pronouns she, her. Thank you, Um, Riley. Thank you, Riley. She says, I have a little bit of a creepy encounter that happened in my parents' home. Not only to me, but everyone besides my dad. This started when I was a junior in high school. I was about 16 to 17 years old. I was dating an ex at the time and we were a little cringy, as all 16 and 17 year olds are. We would fall asleep on FaceTime, that kind of couple. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. no. Not you, Riley. (laughs) My parents were very nice and we had finished our basement and they allowed me to move my room to the basement. And of course, at 17 years old, who who wouldn't want to live in a basement full kitchen? It was like a little apartment for me. For some reason, my door would make a creaking sound when it would open, which I knew this, so it didn't freak me out. But sometimes I would feel a little creeped out when I would hear it. In our basement, we have those ceiling tiles, the foam ones, where you can push up and see what's above. No. Uh, No. No. So I vividly remember what my ceiling looked like. One night, I was on FaceTime with my ex, and I remember falling asleep, and I was suddenly woken up to the noise of my door creaking open and my mom who has drilled dateline in any kind of murder scenario in my head (laughs) therefore i always lock my door i was in a little bit of a shock and i remember opening my eyes and i see my ceiling tiles and i'm thinking did i just hear that right so i called my ex's name no answer and i sat up to see who was at my door in my doorway was a tall black figure no face it was almost like a shadow Immediately, I freaked out and laid right back down and told myself to wake up. It's just a dream. Wake up. You're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Then, all of a sudden, I went to grab my phone and I couldn't move. No. Then, all of a sudden, I could move and it was gone. This happened for probably three or four months and I never brought it up to anyone besides my ex at the time. I don't want to sound crazy. I figured it was one, me watching too many scary movies, or two, sleep paralysis. So I just let it fizzle out, and that was that. 
Two years later, after graduating high school, I started dating a new man and I moved in with him from my parents' house to his house. And I still never thought about it and I kind of forgot about it. He only lived about 30 to 40 minutes away from my parents' home, so I would go home every so often for dinners to see my family and, of course, my dog. During this time, we had really good family friends that were living in our finished basement because they were building their home. It was only for three months, so they were living in my old bedroom. They wanted to see family this weekend because I believe it was a holiday. I came home to see my family, and my mom had started off with saying, Riley, I had this really creepy thing happen to me last night. Again, not thinking anything of it because it had happened to three years ago. She said my dog Finley was scratching at her door to be let out of the room, so my mom got up and she noticed that one of the lights downstairs in the kitchen was on. My mom got a weird feeling, and my dog Finley ran down there. She closed the door, locked it, and quickly got back into bed. She said about 10 minutes later, her door handle started to jiggle. She sat up and sat in the doorway. Sitting in the doorway was a tall black figure. She wanted to go hit my dad to wake him up, and she was frozen. And this figure went around the room, over to my dad's side of the bed, went over to my mom's side of the bed, and then left. When she was finally let go, her hand laid on my dad as if she were about to finish her waking him up. The next morning, she thought she was dreaming, or my brother was just messing with her. So she went into my brother's room to ask if he had came into her room last night, and my brother said no, but something weird happened to me. She didn't think it was going to be anything, so she asked what happened, and he said, well, last night, Finley was scratching at the door to go out downstairs. So my brother told her to use her doggy door, but she kept scratching. He got up to let her out, and he said, when I go to pull the curtains back on the slider, there was a tall black (gasps) figure. He got scared and ran up to his room. So my mom was very confused and went to my sister to ask if she came into her room last night. My sister was watching the family's dog that was staying in the basement. My dog, Finley, didn't get along with their dog, so we always kept them separate. My sister said she would stay down there with him to keep their dog company. She said she heard the basement door open and where the couch is in the basement, it's at the bottom of the stairs. So you can see right up the stairs to see who's coming down. Right. She said there was a tall black figure at the top of the stairs and the dog started barking like crazy. And when she went to sit up, she said she was frozen and couldn't move. Oh, shit. The black figure came right over her and the dog was barking at it and she was trying to move then finally let her go and the dog stopped barking. At this point, my jaw was on the floor and I had told her this happened to me in high school, but I just thought it was sleep paralysis. I asked her if anything happened to dad and of course she said no. And of course, my dad is a type of person who there's logic behind everything. Yes, he does believe in spirits, but he's not he doesn't want to be spoke spooked Got it. to her believe it's anything more than that. After she told me that happened, I was extremely freaked out. I couldn't believe that this had happened, but why so much later? It just didn't make any sense. We went on with our normal lives and never let, and it never happened to them again. But then there was one night I was coming upstairs to get leftovers, and I was sitting down at the kitchen table to eat them. I noticed out of the corner of my eye something come down the stairs and go right behind them. I do get spooked easily, so I thought this was my dad and my sister trying to scare me because they love to scare me. But I felt extremely unsettling. I got this feeling come over me. And I was like, okay, dad, okay, Zoe, come out. It's not funny. I don't want to be scared. Okay, dad, okay, dad, come out. I don't want to be scared. Sure enough, no answer. So I said my brother's name, no answer. My dad is very strict with swearing, so I told him if he doesn't come out, I'll start swearing. Does that sound like? <laughs> yeah. Again, no answer. I started to panic. I said, I'll wake mom up and she'll be real mad at you, dad. And this is when I started to cry. I started banging on the wall and screaming. Sure enough, the light from upstairs turns on. My mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother all come downstairs. Nobody was behind 
the stairs. I was freaked out because I was wide awake. I saw it. This was sleep paralysis or this wasn't sleep paralysis. My mom decided to look into getting our house sage and she called a local paranormal person. Not sure where she found the number or if this person was reputable. (laughs) She was on the phone with her explaining what happened to each of us and everything. And she stops my mom and she goes, oh, this will be a piece of cake. These are shadow people. They are harmless. They're not here to hurt you. They just want you to know that they're here. They want you to know their presence. She then said, whoever the shadow person came in with contact first needs to be at the house when I'm there because they are connected to that person. Oh, well, that person is me. The shadow person is connected to me and I don't know why. I'm not sure why we never went through with it, but they never came to the house. Later on, I ended moving back home and this happened a couple more times on and off to the point where now I don't even sleep in the basement in my room when I'm home because I'm afraid that it's going to happen. Yeah, because one night I was on TikTok or Instagram, some social media app, and I was up and I I was up. I was awake and I remember my door handle started to jiggle like crazy. My dad growing up always does this when he comes downstairs to my room. So I figured it was him again and said, what, dad? It's kind of late. He's a night owl, so it's not unusual for him to be up. But me being the scaredy cat, I kept saying, dad, what? The door handle then stopped. So I called him on his cell and he picks up and says, what? And I replied, you're not funny. Don't scare me like that. And my dad goes, what are you talking about? I'm watching a movie. My heart sank to the bottom of my stomach and I felt sick. I started crying and I kept saying someone is in the basement, but he was watching a movie right above me and insisted that no one is in the house. I had to beg him to come down and get me because I was just too scared to walk upstairs by myself. And it's weird because it didn't happen when I was living with my ex-boyfriend. It didn't happen when I was at school. And now that I live in my own apartment, it still hasn't happened. But when I'm at home, I steer clear of my room in the basement at night. I won't even sleep in my own bed. I usually just sleep with my sister. I'm not sure if it's stuck in my house or what. Maybe y'all can be the judge of that. Hopefully this gets your attention for a creepy, sinister account. I started listening to y'all's podcast when I was doing my senior paper for my communications capstone class on the different narratives and criminal podcasts. I became obsessed with your podcast and I've almost listened to everyone. Also, go Vols. I almost went there for college and I'm so upset I didn't. But thank you for taking the time to read this big fan. Thank you, Riley. Thank you so much, Riley. Riley, that is crazy yeah riley i'm also kind of concerned i'm thinking that maybe it's It's not with with you you. oh you don't think it's with no because if it's not coming to her house like to her different places that she goes then it wouldn't be with her i don't know maybe i don't know much about shadow people though i definitely recommend reaching out to somebody yeah maybe maybe going through with it we know a girl her (laughs) name's susan yeah angel wings and healing things yeah we got uh we'll put that down in the show notes for everybody that wants to contact them Okay, this next creepy account has been sent in by Josie using she, her pronouns. Uh, Thank you, Josie. Hello, my name is Josie. I just found your podcast and I love it. Aw. I have a pretty interesting story about this dream I had in third grade. Now, first of all, for as long as I can remember, in my dreams, there would be a little orange cat always with me. I've never had an orange cat before, but when I was younger, it would always appear in my dreams. It wouldn't necessarily do anything or be a part of my dreams. It would just always be there with me. It was almost a comfort to me. I never acknowledged it, but it always knew... But I always knew that it was there with me in my dreams. One night, I had one of the most disturbing and chilling dreams that I still remember to this day. It was one of the first times that I actually acknowledged the cat. I was on a road trip with my family, and we stopped at a gas station. The cat appeared, and for the first time, I had the urge to follow it and pet it. The orange cat was leading me to this huge hole in the ground and jumped in. Oh, I know. The hole was big enough for me, so of course I followed. Reminds me of some Alice in Wonderland 
Wonderland stuff. In the hole was a huge metal slide that went down into the earth completely dark. It kind of spiraled down into the ground. I was falling through this dark, cold metal slide, and this is when I started to feel the dream as if it was really happening, and part of that scares me even now. The cat had disappeared, and after what felt like forever, I was still falling. It was like a huge spiral going deep into the earth. In the dream, as I went further and further down the spiral slide, it got harder to breathe. Like, the further down I was, the more weight was on my lungs. I can still vividly remember this feeling because it felt so real. The slide was so fast, and with every gasp I took, the more full my lungs felt. It felt so real, too real. The slide then ended, but by that time, I was no longer able to breathe. My lungs were pressurized flat. I was floating in complete darkness. It felt like I had died. In most dreams, when I'm close to death, I wake up right before, like a falling sensation. This dream was the dream I had died in. Oh, my God. Oh, I just realized oh my the gravity God. of that sentence. This dream was the dream she had died in. Wow. The only reason I woke from floating blackness back into contagious... Consciousness, I think she meant to say. back into consciousness was because I woke up gasping for air like my lungs had already stopped there was nothing on top of my chest or around my neck when I woke up from that nightmare ever since that dream the orange cat has never reappeared I'm still terrified from that dream and since then I have had anxiety about being able to breathe at night oh my gosh Anyways, that's one of my childhood nightmares and and has stuck with me and still affects me now with occasional anxiety about breathing. I have a few lingering questions that are still unanswered. Did I die in this dream? Why didn't I jerk awake like every other dream I had had? What happened to the cat? Sorry if there's any spelling or grammar errors. I quickly typed this in class. I hope this makes it to the next into the next episode. Oh, thank that you. That so was much. an amazing nice, story. Josie. And yeah. I apologize for my reading if I didn't. Mom, do you your did fine. You did fine. But that was a terrifying dream. Yeah, that's an awful dream. You know what I, I, I really wonder is if that was like sort of a glitch in a matrix for you. You know what I mean? And then also, like, why didn't she jerk awake, like, in every right, other dream? Right, every, every dream that people die and they always say, like... The second you lose your stomach is when you, you're... Yeah, jolt forward and right. out of bed. And the only time that I've ever been woken up, like, like gasping for air is when I've had, A, sleep paralysis, B, literally I woke up with breathing in my ear and someone's hand around my neck, but Ooh. not in real life. Well, in a different realm, but not in this realm. Ooh. Have you have you ever not woken up after falling? No. I never have. I've that. always woken up. Oh, all right, guys. Here's the next story from Beth Ann. This next story was submitted by my niece Victoria, but she submitted it under the name Morgan's favorite cousin. That sounds like Vic. <laughs> that is her. <laughs> she says, "This is my dad telling the story. This is a true story. The year was 1969. My dad's dad, my grandfather, had passed away." My dad asked me to go with him to the house that he died in. We needed to go through the house to make sure we cleaned out all of my grandfather's belongings. We drove to his house in my dad's 1966 Dodge Dart. We got out of the car, we walked up the steps, and we walked into the house one last time. We walked around, and when we came out onto the porch, I heard like an electric razor buzzing. My dad and I turned around, and through the big picture window, I saw my grandfather, the one who had just passed away, standing in the living room with his profile to the side. He was wearing his green Dickies pants and had one of his usual shirts on. He was just standing there, smoking a pipe, and as clear as day, I could see the smoke coming out of his pipe. Oh, shit. Ah. 
I looked at my dad, he looked at me, and we looked back at the house, and he was gone. And so was the electric razor noise. My dad never said a word until we walked out of the yard and got into the car. He turned to me as we buckled up and said, I want you to promise me that you never tell anyone about what we just saw, especially your mother. I was 11 years old then. Fast forward, I was 19 and I had just got out of basic training and I wanted to move out of my parents' house. So I went to my grandfather's neighbor, Mr. Black, who now owned the house that my grandfather lived in. And I asked him if I could move into that house and renovate it. And he became very angry with me. I'll never forget the look on his face. He said, no, I don't even want you to go near that house. Yes. I was so confused why he was angry about it. I went back to my house. I told my dad what had just happened. And he said, well, that seems so out of character for Mr. Black to be angry like that. He was always such a nice man. I don't, under I don't understand why he was angry with me. And my dad looked at me and he said, I'm sure he became angry with you because he saw what we saw. And the hair stood up on my arms when he told me that. I thought that story of me seeing my grandfather was something I had imagined. I just couldn't get myself to believe that I had seen a ghost. Since then, I had never said anything to anyone, and that was the last my dad ever spoke of it as well. Until around 2006, when we were out to eat for Grandparents' Day, when I asked my dad, Dad, I've been thinking about what we saw when we went to Pap's house. Do you think we saw that with our mind or with our eyes? And he said, I don't know. My sister and my mother were there and heard me ask that, and they said they were so confused and had no idea what we were talking about, so they said, what did you see? And then I told them, after all those years, about halfway through me telling them, my dad finished the story word for word, and I asked my dad, is this true? And he said, yes, it is. So what I've been wondering all these years, it would be one thing if my dad and I just saw it ourselves, but with Mr. Black also experiencing the same thing, we can only assume what we saw was absolutely true. And what's really strange is Mr. Black never cut the grass. He never took care of the house. There were trees growing up right alongside the house, and he just left it. He never went near the house, which tells me exactly what I needed to know. He was staying the heck away from mm -hmm. there. This is Victoria's comments. So obviously, after hearing this story for the first time at like 12 and 10 years old, my brother and I asked a zillion questions on the way home. We found out where this house was, and we begged our dad to drive past it, but he wouldn't also found out that was our great-grandpap's thing. He loved to stand by the window or sit on the porch and smoke his pipe. And my dad said growing up, he remembered his pap always kept his beard trimmed with a fancy electric razor. Oh, that was a sound. <gasps> yeah, since they had just recently been invented. The house was never touched from 1969 until 2016 it was demolished. But in between, they let the trees and the grass grow on, the great, on my great-grandpap's lot. When Morgan's brother had his graduation party around 2012, my brother and I never let go and finally convinced my dad to drive us past it since we were going to pass that road that they lived on. I sent Morgan pictures I got from Google Earth. Luckily, the street view imagery is from 2012 and you can still see his house. He asked us to keep the story to ourselves since we were all still pretty young, but now he's cool with it and I told Morgan and now we're telling the world, ha ha ha. <laughs> also a fun fact, that property still belongs to the Black family. Thank you, Very Vic. Very cool story, Victoria. I've Thank never heard you. that before. Did you, did you know? I've never heard that before. That's the first, yeah. Oh, wow. Surprise. But I know where that house is. I've been by it a million times. Oh, I wonder Very how it's cool demolished now. Well, yes. All right, guys. So the next one we have is from Anonymous, but they do use she, her pronouns. So thank you so much. 
and it says, hi girls, I'd like to, I'd like to stay anonymous for this creepy account. Um, but also while I have a chance to say it, I love your podcast and please never, ever stop doing your intros. I like to feel like I'm catching up with my besties every Thursday. So please don't ever stop or tone them down. And we don't plan on it, babe. Thank Mm, you. No way, bitch. (laughs) So anyways, this uh, story starts the weekend before Christmas in 2021. Very recent. Um, my husband and I never go to the movies, but we were invited to go with some friends. 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 Uh, sorry, I'm with <laughs> my love, mom right now. We got some friends. We got some friends go over here um, that we hadn't seen in a while. So reluctantly, we decided to go anyways because we missed our pals and thought it would be a fun way to spend the evening. Wrong. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> Uh, we met our friends, another couple, for dinner at a restaurant and then carpooled to the theater because it was just a few miles away. Uh, when we got into the theater, we realized that we were a little late and decided just to catch the next showing that started around 30 minutes later. My husband and his buddy were hanging out near the bar at the theater and got to talking with the stranger about the movies that the movie that we were getting ready to go see. The stranger insisted on buying them both a draft beer. At a movie theater, it was probably $15. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Even though my husband and his friend declined and said that they weren't, that it wasn't necessary. They made small talk with the stranger for a while while my friend and I were just talking at a table behind them. Eventually, it was time to see the movie and the stranger ended up going into the same movie too, even though he had already mentioned that he had already seen it. He had a woman with him that appeared to be his girlfriend or his date. Well, we didn't think much of it and just figured that it was someone being a little too friendly or just like a classic friendly drunk. Yeah, I've been around way too many of them. Me too. <laughs> My husband left his seat at the theater to go get a water before the movie started. He waited in the line for a few minutes as more people trickled in the line behind him. Then the same stranger caught in the line and stood behind my husband making small talk again hinting that he wanted a popcorn. My husband assumed that he wanted to be given a popcorn in return for the beer, but wasn't about to buy this guy popcorn, so he just bought his water and returned back to the seat. As soon as the movie ended, the same stranger was one of the first people to exit the theater. As he walked down the stairs, he passed our little group, and he looked at us and said, All right, I'll see y'all later. Weird, but again, this dude was kind of odd, kind of nerdy, and I just figured maybe he was a little too friendly. My husband, on the other hand, got really weirded out by this stranger, his behavior, and said so as we were leaving the theater. We walked out to our car, and my husband drove straight back to the restaurant that we ate at and dropped off our friends at their car. He didn't even park in the space, and our friends just got out, said goodbye, and got in their car to drive home. At this point, it's about 11.30 at night, and my husband and I had about a seven-minute drive home, and we were just chatting about how good the movie was, but how sleepy we were. It's classic me and Logan conversation. (laughs) Um, Now, my husband is extremely a cautious, paranoid person, which... I love about him, even though I give him shit, shit about it sometimes. <laughs> he also has a way better intuition than anyone I've ever met. Love when men have intuition. Me too. My husband does not. <laughs> um, so as we made a, uh, a turn close to our neighborhood, he cuts me off mid-sentence and says, if that car makes the same next turn as us, we're being followed. I laughed it off a little bit and said, yeah, okay, I'm sure it's fine. And we made our next turn. And the car behind us did the same thing and again and again and again until at this point we had driven a full circle around the area of town that we were. We were without a doubt being followed to our house. 
Luckily, we were familiar with this area on this side of town. And so we pulled out and I had my husband pull over into a police station that was coming up. He accidentally missed the turn. God, they all do that. But (laughs) (laughs) pulled into a gas station just right past it. The car followed us and my husband exited the car at the gas station. I'm sorry, exited the gas station and drove the car in a circle. And the car following us did the same thing. My phone was dead, so I couldn't call the police. So I grabbed his phone, but it was an Android. Ugh. (laughs) And I've only ever had an iPhone, so I literally am incompetent on how to figure out how to call 911. Mitchell. He had to park at a pump to get his phone and call dispatch. As we parked, we saw that same vehicle drive out of the gas station lot, and we were so relieved. Dispatch picked up, and my husband told them what was happening. And then we saw that other car didn't drive off. Instead, they had parked across the street just a few lots down, facing our direction. They were waiting for us to leave. Dispatch informed us that an officer would be with us in minutes. We didn't take our eyes off of the car that had been following us and felt so relieved that an officer would be with us soon. All of a sudden, the car whips out of that parking lot that they were in and sped so, so fast down the main road that we were on. As soon as the officer pulled into the gas station, just like that, they were gone. We told the officer everything that had happened, even the strange interactions with the man at the movie theater, and he told us that they had another officer looking for that vehicle that matched the description we had given them, and they would contact us if anything ever came of it. Of course, we didn't hear back, but I'll always remember what the officer told us and hope that everyone that hears this remembers as well. If you are ever being followed, never pull over if you are able to get dispatch on the phone. Keep driving because you can stay on the phone with dispatch and give them your exact location as you're driving. And then they will send an officer to pull over the vehicle that is following you and not you. I barely slept that night and my husband stayed up all night watching out the window looking for a car that matched that description that had been following us. Since it was so dark out, we couldn't see exactly who it was that was driving or if there was even a passenger. I believe I saw the silhouette of the of the driver and it matched the man in the theater, but it's possible I just wanted to believe that's who was driving. What is so bothersome to me about the situation is that the driver either either wanted to know where we lived or wanted to speak with us in private, maybe both, but all all I know is that people get mugged all the time at that gas station pump. I feel pretty confident if the driver just wanted some cash, he would have stopped at the pump next to us, demanded the cash, and drove off. What's also unsettling is if the man from the if it was the man from the movie theater, we must have done something to really spark his interest and have him follow us all the way to the restaurant first and then towards our end of town and then still following us all in these circles that we had been driving. Our friends left the restaurant right after we dropped them off and they said they never saw anyone in the parking lot after us. Was it really some stranger off the road that picked our car to follow? Was it the guy from the movie theater? But he had a girlfriend with him, right? We won't ever know. Fast forward only two weeks. I'm still terrified to leave my house or walk the dog, and I'm constantly checking over my shoulder if I do. I went to a grocery store on my side of town, really close to the police station and that gas station that we had stopped off uh, that night of the incident. 
I was reaching for some yogurt and a normal older looking man, probably 50, came up behind me and said, wow, I can't imagine needing a step stool to get my groceries. Okay, asshole. I gave a sarcastic smile and said, good one, and then walked towards the checkout lines as he laughed. I made a detour down an aisle and turned around to see the same man hightailing it across to the other end of the store, same direction that I was walking. I couldn't help but to think that he was looking for me. I stayed kind of hidden for another few minutes and then I didn't see him. So I got into a really long checkout line intentionally. I see the same man fast walking towards my line as if he's trying to beat the woman that was coming to get in the same line behind me. He got there at the same time as her and said, are you in this line, ma'am? She looked at him. She looked around, noticing that there was a shorter line elsewhere and said no and walked off. Now, he's not just some asshole, but I have every reason to believe that he wanted to speak with me. He says another lame joke about my height, and I'm not even sure. He was just like super tall. And I turn around, gave him a half-assed smile, and looked back towards the checkout. He starts making small talk with me, more people in the line behind him, so at least I'm not, the, I'm not alone. He asked me where, if I'm from the area and where I grew up. I didn't lie, but I was vague. Then he started asking more personal questions. Where did I go to high school? What do I do for work? Do I work from home? And the list goes on. I started texting my husband that he needed to come immediately and walk me out of the store. This guy was being intentional about getting information from me, and I'm sure of it. As I'm texting my husband, he says, I bet you're texting one of your friends about some old asshole at the grocery store. And I laughed and said, yeah, I actually am. A few moments later, he answers a phone call and said something about being in the line at the store and that there were tons of people. And yes, he got X, Y, and Z in his cart. He hung up and said something to me about his wife and kids. I didn't respond or even acknowledge him. I believe that he was lying and was trying to make me feel more comfortable to get me to talk to him again. He didn't say anything else, but he turned to the man behind us in line and talked with this man for the rest of the time that I was in the line. Coincidentally, he and the man had found mutual connections that they had to the area, even supposedly went to the same high school and talked on and on about all these people that they knew. My husband got to the store right on time. We walked out and nothing else ever happened. I like to think that these incidences, sorry, I can't say that word, are totally unrelated, but it just doesn't sit right with me. I try to think about the man in the grocery store. Did he really have a wife and kids and really just a talkative person with no wrong intentions? But something about him made my stomach turn. Why did he want to get in the line behind me? Why did he ask so many personal questions when my body language was obviously defensive? Did he really not know the man behind him even though they had all of those mutual connections? Was it really a wife that had called him or it was just some sort of code for someone? Were these two strangers sex traffickers in on this together at the theater and the store? Was someone trying to scope out my house and rob us when we were not home? All of this has made me feel so paranoid, like I'm being watched or followed by someone or a group of people. I don't want to be paranoid, but then again, my husband has have may have saved our life by constantly checking over his shoulder, Facts. right, even though he has never had a reason to. There's all of this for now, and I hope this is all that it'll ever be, and this will be the end of the story. If I've ever, if I've learned anything from this, it's to always trust yours or your husband's gut. 
And if something feels off, it probably is. That's yes, cool. it always is off. Yes, thank you so much oh, for sending that in. That is like a good like awareness vibe. You know, uh, what great I mean? awareness vibe. I love a crime like the creepy. Tips yeah, the, I love that. And by the way, side note, guys, uh, we've had a lot of people ask if this is okay. A creepy account doesn't just have to be like a paranormal story. They, story. They can also be crime accounts. Like it, it but it's also just a creepy account. Like just sh- crazy shit that's happened yeah. to you. All right, next one, Morgan. You ready? I'm ready. The next one is from Nina. Um, Thank you, Nina. Thank you, Nina. Nina says, hey, so my daughter and I absolutely love the podcast. When I found Taylor on TikTok, I downloaded the podcast on Spotify and unashamedly binged the episodes. (laughs) We We listen to it in the car when we run errands. My daughter is one, so she can't physically say, I love this podcast. But (laughs) when I turn it on, she quiets down and listens and then claps when the intro song comes on. So I definitely call that a win. I have a couple of different creepy accounts that I'd love to share with you guys, and hopefully they're not too lame. I just definitely think they're cool. So backstory, my dad and I believe in the paranormal, everything about reincarnation to parallel universe to dreams being ways to see other dimensions, Mm -hmm. all of it. And we believe in Jesus too. So in order for us to believe in hell and heaven, we have to believe in the spiritual dimensions as well, right? Right. Anyway, so my first two accounts are about my daughter. She and I are both Pisces, so we're very in tune to spirituality and emotion. She was about seven months old when this happened. I was in the shower and she was in her little walker. I can see her from I can see her room from the bathroom and she normally stayed in there. So I definitely had my eyes on her. I'm washing my hair when I heard her start laughing. Mm-mm. I'm immediately confused because it is just her and I in the house. I'm a pediatric nurse in a hospital. So I work three 12 hour shifts a week and then I hang with her the rest of the time. So it's during the day on one of my days off. So my husband is at work. Well, Anyways, she starts cackling and that's not like her. She's a giggler. So I poke my head out to see if my room has come by, see if my mom has come by because she has a key so she can walk in at any time. But there was no sign of my mom in her room. No sign of anyone. And I kept calling my daughter to get her to come back to the bathroom and she would just continue to laugh. So I step out of the shower, one leg shaved and conditioner still in my hair, (laughs) essentially a hot mess. And I'm looking for my daughter in her room. When I turn the corner towards her shelves on the wall, she is staring up at the ceiling and just clapping and laughing. Oh, God. I had to physically touch her arm to get her to notice me and cut the attention from from that corner. So I just let it happen, and she eventually stopped and returned to the bathroom. Fast forward about a month, and she had learned how to wave. So at night, she will stare at the same corner of the room, except it's mine and my husband's bedroom, and just stare. She will not take her focus off of the corner for about 30 seconds, and then... She will wave. Let me clarify. She doesn't randomly wave unless she's being waved to. Oh, my God. She won't wave to anyone unless they physically wave to her because at this time, she's only eight months old, so she just copies you. I told my husband and I told him to look at her and watch her do it. She would stare, then wave, then smile, then fall asleep. The next day, I'm telling my dad about what she's doing and he proceeds to tell me that I, too, used to stare in the corner of my bedroom and his and my mom's bedroom and would just smile and giggle at the corner. He told me he never got scared or stopped me because I never seemed afraid. I seemed comforted. He told me that the same angels that protected and comforted me when I was a child were now comforting my baby girl. 
I immediately got tears and thank God for the protection because not many of the family know. But I was actually told I wouldn't bear children due to medical issues. But exactly a year after the appointment where I was told I wouldn't have kids, I had my first positive pregnancy test. Mm. The whole duration of my daughter's life has been nothing but continued reassurance that she is God's child and she is being protected. My parents call the angels babysitters from heaven. I'm gonna I love that story. Amazing. Oh, I love it. My last creepy account wasn't really creepy, but so pretty cool. I believe that dreams are a way for your mind to allow things to enter that you normally wouldn't be able to when you're actively awake. With that being said, my papa, who was my best friend growing up, passed away in December of 2013. He visits my dad and I quote frequently in our dreams and tells us how proud he is of us and shows us what his house looks like wherever he is. I like to believe it's heaven. He was a cabinet maker, so he loves woodworking, and in every dream he will show me another shelf or cabinet he has made. Anyways, in February of 2021, he visits in one of my dreams and says, Hey, my sweet baby. He called me that every single day he was alive. Let me show the house I built for me and your Nana. She's going to love it. Do we need a second, guys? This is... I can't. (laughs) Mom's sobbing. (laughs) oh my gosh okay let me show you the house i built for me and your not in your nana she's going to love it wrap around porch and a garden i miss her and i want her to live with me soon i love you and i wake up i wake up and i immediately call my dad because my nana was still alive at this point and my due date for my daughter was in one month i told my dad that nana was going to pass away soon because papa showed me the house he built them that he missed her and knew she was going to live with him soon I was nervous that my Nana would pass before meeting my baby, and I knew she was so excited that I got pregnant. I worried all day and repeatedly called my Nana to make sure she was okay, and she was every single time I called. Sorry, she was okay every single time I called. I go to bed that night, and he visits me again. Same thing. Hey, my sweet baby. And I said, hey, you don't think Nana would want to meet E? The nickname we gave my daughter. And he said, I'll be sure to make sure that they meet. I've already met her, and I know your Nana won't let me hear the end of it if I meet her and she didn't. (laughs) I love you. So I wake up and still feel uneasy. I mean, hello, this man just told me my Nana was going to pass away soon, and I was not prepared for that. But the weird thing is, my daughter came an entire month (gasps) early. She was born in February. My due date was the end of March. My water broke that early, and we ended up in an emergency C-section. My doctors told me that my placenta had stopped giving nutrients to my daughter and she needed to go to a neonatal ICU to get some nutrients. I never even got to hold her before they took her. But with her coming early, my Nana was able to meet her before randomly passing away. If my daughter would have came on her due date, she would have never met my Nana. I firmly believe that that was my papa and God allowing me, allowing my water to break so that she could come and be healthy and alive. And if I would have waited until my next checkup four days later... This next part is trigger warning for stillbirth. But if I would have waited and my water wouldn't have broken when it did, she wouldn't have had a heartbeat and I would have lost my only miracle baby. Anyways, these were creepy accounts, but for more of a weird and paranormal instance, girl, please do not apologize. From the dates of the appointment where I was told I couldn't have kids, to the dates of the positive pregnancy test, to the spiritual babysitter she sees, to her coming a month early to meet my favorite lady before she had passed away, timelines like that don't just randomly occur. But anyways, thank you for letting me share these stories. I told them so close to my heart and hopefully they made sense and didn't sound like a train wreck. We love your podcast. Keep up the good work and keep being sarcastically funny. It's my type of humor. Hopefully you can use these in your next creepy account. With love, Nina. 
Nina. Nina, I you, I, you single-handedly have my my heart for my favorite Nina, creepy you account. Made Mother's Day episode. Too. You did. That's an amazing story, and, and I Nana, love that. And I love the trigger warning you gave. That was oh, so nice Nina. because we we would have had to go back and edit it. Oh my god! What a beautiful, what a gorgeous. You, you're amazing. That's a writer. blessing account. That's what that. That's is. a yeah. blessing. An angel. Write account. in your angel accounts. Write yes. in your angel accounts. Oh, oh, I love it so much. We love you, Nina. We love you, Nina. Nina, want to hang out? Nina, if Taylor read your story, I don't think we would have got through it. No, <laughs> no, I, I agree. <laughs> I just saw the entire time. All right, everybody that wrote in a creepy account, thank you so much for writing those in, and happy Mother's Day to everybody, moms. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. Thank you so happy much. May. Happy you. May. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there that listen to your podcast. And thank you for giving our daughters your time. <laughs> You're so I, emotional for I, Nina's story. Nina, Nina's, Nina's story like got me right in the heart. And I can't recover from oh, Nina's story. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Well, we're going to go eat and get some drinks and Bye-bye. celebrate Mother's Day. Bye, ladies. Bye, gents. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye.